This is the Adams Road program. Adams Road is a Christian music ministry dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Today's program features Adams Road songs, Adams Road piano instrumental music, as well as music in the spoken word, offered to God as an aroma of Christ to help spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 4.13, Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. Today's reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 10. Brothers, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is for Israel, that they may be saved. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of God's righteousness, and seeking to establish their own righteousness. They did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the fulfillment of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness of the law. The one who does them will live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith says this, Don't say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or, who will descend into the abyss, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for with the heart one believes resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all and is rich to all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they did not all listen to the glad news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, didn't they hear? Yes, most certainly. Their sound went out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, didn't Israel know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy with that which is no nation. I will make you angry with a nation void of understanding. Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was revealed to those who did not ask for me. But about Israel, he says, All day long I stretched out my hands to a disobedient and a contrary people. The word is near you in your 
That was Believe and Confess from the Adams Road album, Great Commission. Paul begins chapter 10 similar to how he began chapter 9 in revealing his heart for his kindred brethren, the Jews. Paul wanted them so much to be saved, and he recognizes the Jews that they had a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Paul was one of those zealous Jews, actually. Before Paul was in Christ, 
He was going house to house, ravaging the Christians, persecuting them, approving of their stonings. Paul said he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He considered himself blameless under the law. Paul was a Pharisee and they pursued righteousness under the law more zealously than anyone else. But that's interesting because Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so even Paul in all his zeal and all his quote unquote righteousness wasn't even close to being able to enter heaven. Jesus had said on the Sermon on the Mount as well, that you must be perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. Eternal life requires moral perfection. Does the law offer life? Yes, it offers life in so much as you can keep the law perfectly. So what Paul's talking about in Romans 10 verses one through four, he's talking about the Jews who are trying to establish their own righteousness before God, but rather what they needed to do was submit to God's righteousness. And Paul puts it this way, that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Paul makes mention of his former life in Judaism in a few places in scripture. One of those is Philippians chapter three. And after laying out all of his credentials as a Pharisee in his former life, according to the flesh, he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And this is the key right here. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That's exactly what Paul is addressing here in Romans chapter 10. We need a righteousness not of our own, but a righteousness that comes from God through faith in Christ. So Paul continues and writes in verse five, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. And that was the common understanding and expectation for how the Jewish people were to find life through adherence to this law. And you, you see that reflected, for example, in the rich young ruler when he approaches Jesus and asks basically, teacher, what must I do to have eternal life? And there's already a presupposition there there's this an assumption that eternal life is going to be something earned through what you do. If you lived the law perfectly, you could in theory attain salvation. If we go to Mark 10, 18, we see Jesus' response to the rich young man. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And this was the rich young ruler's response. Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. The first thing Jesus points out is that no one is good but God alone. There's already an implication right there by saying that no one is good but God alone, that our efforts to live the law perfectly are gonna fall terribly short. And that is the case. So Jesus starts listing commandments of the law. The rich young ruler is either so ignorant or so self-righteous that he actually thinks that he's been keeping God's law and that he deserves eternal life. All of these things I have kept since my youth. Jesus is now going to expose this young man's sin, specifically his idolatry, to make him aware that he is not actually good. He doesn't deserve eternal life and he doesn't love God above everything else. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength and yet he wasn't willing to forsake all for Jesus. 
Jesus said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But the man was disappointed, and he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. So again, the person who does the commandments shall live by them. No one is righteous, not one. No one is good but God alone. And that's why only God himself could live the law perfectly. And that's what he did. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels. That's Jesus. He came. The Word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he condemned sin in the flesh, having himself become the righteous fulfillment of the law. All right, so Paul's made it very clear, we're not saved based on any kind of righteousness that we establish on our own. We're saved according to God's righteousness in Christ. How is this righteousness, how is this salvation to be applied to us? Paul's gonna tell us. Romans 10:9. if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. The good news is that Jesus died for our sins, was buried and was raised on the third day, all in accordance with the scriptures. But what he did on our behalf, it has to be received by faith. This is how God has prescribed that we are to receive it by faith. Simply confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. When you're believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, there's also the implied understanding that he died as well. He could not have been raised from the dead unless he first died. And the reason he died was for our sins. He says, with the heart one believes. He, isn't, he doesn't say with the mind one believes. This is a matter of the whole being, the soul, the heart, believing in Jesus, trusting in him. So first and foremost, salvation is a matter of the heart. Kind of a natural result of our, our faith internally believing in our heart and becoming justified is that we're then going to confess with our mouth. It's a natural result. It's an outflowing, an outpouring of what's now in us, faith in Christ. The fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Jesus promises that if we confess him before other men, God will confess us before the angels in heaven. He won't be ashamed of us if we're not ashamed of him. When we believe and are justified, this should result in us wanting to make a public profession of our faith in Jesus, signifying that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for salvation. Paul was writing to the Roman people. Caesar was Lord over Rome. He was the emperor. He was the sovereign king, so to speak. Actually, you were supposed to show allegiance to Caesar by saying Caesar is Lord. So when Paul's writing this to the Romans, this idea of publicly professing Jesus as Lord could have had major repercussions. It could have been a very dangerous thing for them to say that Jesus is Lord. But that's what the gospel does. It transforms us to the point that, as Paul said, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Jesus Christ becomes the treasure in our life that is infinitely more valuable than anything else. Again, to reiterate, we receive salvation by faith. It's a gift to be received by faith. Paul says that everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, that there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, but that the same Lord is the Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on his name. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We learn in Titus chapter two, 
For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Paul, in writing this letter to the Romans, is making it clear that salvation is not just for the Jew only, but also for the Gentile. There is no one excluded from this offer of salvation. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let's reflect now on the salvation we have in Christ as we listen to the Adams Road instrumental song, Salvation, from the album Romans Road. If you're listening to this content today through the radio broadcast, we just want to let you know that this content is also released as a podcast on a weekly basis. You can find it by searching Adams Road Podcast. Micah Wilder, a member of our ministry, recently wrote a book called Passport to Heaven. When Mormon missionary Micah Wilder set his sights on bringing a Baptist pastor and his congregation into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, He couldn't have imagined that the entire trajectory of his life was about to be changed forever. Micah's passionate effort to convert these Christians was met by a surprising challenge. To read the Bible through the eyes of a child, letting the Word speak for itself. He learned of a God whose love did not have to be earned, and he wrestled with the radical idea of God's mercy for the remaining 18 months of his mission. As he struggled to reconcile the teachings of his church with the truths revealed in the Bible, 
he encountered the true character of Jesus for the first time and awakened to his need for his grace. Passport to Heaven is a gripping account of Micah's journey from living as a devoted member of a religion based on human works to embracing the divine mercy and freedom that can only be found in Jesus Christ. As I lay there contemplating the vastness of the love that had been so extraordinarily conveyed to me, the magnitude of Christ's atonement exploded in my heart like a supernova, radiating far beyond my mortal vessel and bringing with it the desire to fall to my knees. The Holy Spirit then began painting a picture of perfect love before me in mere seconds that I had waited a lifetime to understand. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, after having been betrayed and falsely condemned, was dragged into the streets of Jerusalem, where he was brutally beaten, fiercely scourged, spat upon, and publicly scorned. The blameless and spotless Lamb of God cried in agony as a vicious crown of thorns was thrust onto his head, and the Roman soldiers mocked him, saying, Behold, the King of the Jews. And yet Jesus was the King of all kings and now sits triumphantly at the right hand of God. Through him, the vast universe and all its glory was created, and yet he was led to Calvary, where he was crucified on a tree formed by his own hands, nailed to it by the very people he came to redeem. And there, on Golgotha's rocky hill, the very Word of God made flesh endured with incomparable humility the most excruciating and harrowing death the world has ever seen. God's immeasurable love for all mankind was on full, heartbreaking display as Jesus bore in his stricken body the sins, iniquities, and infirmities of the world. Bleeding the precious blood of eternal atonement on the cross, the Messiah paid, in full measure, the debt that we owed God because of our transgressions. But this priceless offering wasn't just a collective sacrifice, it was personal. It was intimate. It was for me. The Savior of the world drank the cup of wrath that I deserved and freely poured out his soul to death for me. As my kingly substitute, he willingly took my place on the cross of Calvary and died on my behalf, a guilty sinner, all the while looking into my eyes and proclaiming his ineffable love for me. Jesus endured a transcendent passion that was driven by an infinite and intimate love that surpasses all knowledge and understanding. He suffered and died because he loved, and for the joy that was set before him, Christ endured the cross. My salvation was that joy. How could anyone love me so much? It was only in this metamorphic flash of grace that it was impressed on me with such an unparalleled intensity just how deep and wide and magnificent that love really was. A love that drove Christ to endure the unthinkable and while suffering unspeakable pain, see my very face. This was a profound love that encompassed the very essence and nature of God himself. This was the sacrificial agape love I had long been waiting for, the only love that could eternally satisfy. Truly, there is no greater expression of love. Passport to Heaven can be found wherever books are sold.
This is the Adams Road program. Adams Road is a Christian music ministry dedicated to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Today's program features Adams Road songs, Adams Road piano instrumental music, as well as music in the spoken word, offered to God as an aroma of Christ to help spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Check out the Adams Road website at adamsroadministry.com. There you can download our songs for free, as well as our spoken word and instrumental music content. In addition, we share testimonies about the love of Jesus Christ and how He's transformed our lives. Please contact us through our website if you're interested in scheduling our Adams Road team for a time of song and testimony, or if you're interested in scheduling our pianist for a time of spoken word, piano music, and testimony. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all.